0: 18 plus
2: all right hello and welcome to another soccer to the max hopefully eric's screen will make it through the entire (laughs) show as it is flashing at us as we go on here we are here for another edition of now including champions league into the (laughs) show as the champions league is back and we'll get to talk about at least one team's foray into that um, well i guess it'd be two teams because they're playing two they're, they're two teams playing each other um and in, into that uh realm for for the tuesday games of course there's still a whole slate of wednesday games uh that you can go watch while uh while you can still uh, listen to this as well so out of that international break already had those those games again for your clubs so we'll have our supporter our regular supporters club talking about our clubs again and of course uh, some of what we've watched as well, Eric, uh, anything uh, just this this week in general before we get into talking about the soccer. Uh, how have you been?
3: Oh, I've been good, but I've been busy as those of you who also follow r and r sports report went ahead, came off the bench. They had some scheduling stuff, so they invited me in, helped celebrate their 50th episode and host the second hour. Had a great time spreading the word. Definitely check them out. They're helping us out, spreading the word for us. So
2: everything is yeah. just copacetic. <laughs> definitely, definitely always check out uh, Randy and uh, Robert over there on the uh, r and Sports Report one heck of a show to go watch. I uh, hate that I still have not been able to watch the this show at all, especially now that we do the show at the same time as they do. Of course, they're over there in the Pacific uh, time zone, so much earlier for them here. Uh, we're starting a bit later than usual, as I had some uh, family things uh, come up here, and I just uh, spayed my my little Great Dane puppy, and she's recovering now, but. Uh, it was a tough few days and and she's she's getting back to her old self hopefully by the weekend i can take the little cone off and <laughs> she can go visit her sister from another uh breed again she she misses uh my girlfriend's uh, pitbull bulldog that we have over there they play nonstop constantly when when they're together so uh yeah i mean aside from that just it has uh, been the, the usual working and and all those things, but let's get on to the soccer. And of course, it almost was a dream week for one Cristiano Ronaldo, but one uh, a, a a just a a cavalcade of errors uh, made that not happen uh, as great as he would like. But still had a dream re debut in the Premier League. One uh, Cristiano Ronaldo who. Bag two goals against Newcastle, one of the, uh, I guess formally you could say formidable foes. Uh, perhaps not so much now, uh, as Newcastle is really, as Alan Shearer put it on the weekend, uh, very much like a, a shade of its former self. I mean, he doesn't even recognize that team anymore. And uh, why should he? They are they're they have no identity whatsoever. It's like they just they show up every season and do things and. Miguel Amiron and Maximan are fantastic. I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to keep them at all, but those are really the only two bright spots for that team, honestly, uh, for the entire, uh, game. And this kind of just coincides with, you know, I watched both these games, uh, this week. That's a, like a large majority of what I've, uh, really been able to watch because of, uh, things uh other things that i've had to do but uh quite frankly uh the i don't know if you watched all of it eric but the the man you got a game was fun just from you got what you wanted right that only got one oh, you yeah. got two.
3: oh yeah i was thankfully up in time able to see the whole match it's just it's almost like he never left Yes, his first goal some would argue, yeah, it was a sitter just from a couple yards out, but come on, setting him up in the four two three one as more of that target man, knowing he's going to get positioning inside eighteen yard box and weave around in the sixth, that was perfect for him, and then that second goal was just that old fashioned Cristiano Ronaldo magic, and yeah, I didn't necessarily like the chain of possession. That eventually led to the bad pass, which is the Newcastle goal. But in the second half, banking the third and the fourth. Hey, welcome home, CR7.
2: Yeah, just definitely did day. feel like he had never <laughs> left, uh, honestly. and And that's great. I mean, that honestly shows how great of an athlete he is. That he can just come in at 36 years old. How many 36-year-olds do you know going out there playing like that? Obviously, he's not the winger that he used to be, but he still showed a little bit of that speed on the second goal, going by um the defender there and put it through the goalkeeper's legs to, to get that second goal, the first goal, like he said, poachers goal. But if you're gonna be the center forward, those are the kind of goals that you need to get. And he got that. And then Bruno not letting you forget that he exists, that there's another Portuguese player right there with Ronaldo on the same team. They even actually speak Portuguese to each other as they're trying to set things up. And uh, Bruno set him up on the, the one goal that he scored in the Champions League game as well. So we were worried about how they were going to connect with each other because sometimes how they flirt up in international play. They have a great connection already so far in the first two games they've played together. Pogba looks more lively as well. I mean, I think some of the, play uh, namely Sancho I think it's, needs to find his way uh so far but honestly he really hasn't been able to have time to find his way in the team period even without when Ronaldo wasn't there Uh so this is going to be an interesting thing but obviously again you have to point out that it is Newcastle that they were playing and mm-hmm. after that especially the third goal from Bruno they were they kind of were very much deflated and then getting Lingard to get the, the fourth goal, which is ironic considering he's the one that uh, would later allow the big shock so far of the first round of... I mean, you got to be excited for Joden People, who, you know, American-born, was raised in France, speaks French as he got to do the, uh, the interview at the end and everything in France. But the man... Went out there, huge moment, 95th minute, puts in a goal because Lingard basically gives him a free back pass. He still had some work to do to do that. And then uh, the outpouring of emotion that happens at the at the end of knowing you won, you beat Man United at home. Uh, I mean, the way the players went for him was uh, was crazy to see, honestly. Like, that yeah. was it's Yeah, cool. I saw the last 20 minutes and...
3: You encapsulated it perfectly. Great moment for people. Incredible moment for U.S. Soccer. Terrible moment for Manchester United. Just, yeah. Even in seeing that moment, it was great for him. Individual play, even getting that pass, getting the winner. But I was leading up to that. And I was like, I'm a little bit worried if this is how things are going to start. Just when it was one all, and then that goal happened. I was like. I had typed in a message. Oh, we were losing, but then I had to realize, oh, it wasn't happening yet. And then we wind up losing. It's like maybe a problem, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, look. Uh, I think there's no doubt on the red card for Juan Basaka. He steps on him, and he not only steps on his. It's not like one of those where you step on his foot, mm-hmm. uh, right? He he steps on his ankle as well. It his foot turns a bit. It's not one of those where you can easily just say, "Oh man, this is uh, something that you know." I can I can point to and say, "Oh well, you know they could have gone to VAR for that." Now it, it was really clear. No, it was clear, and and Kumasaka to see see better about those kind of things. Um, that's one of the, his uh, focal points he needs to work on. Uh, going forward of just make sure you're not late to challenges and he paid for it. And, you know, it hurts your team.
3: Yeah. If you're going to challenge, do so properly, you know, like how to aim and get the ball and things like that. So red card, now he misses the next match. So you're paying an even bigger price, not just after what happened with the team as a whole, but it's a tough lesson, but he'll learn.
2: Yeah, I think for me, though, what is perhaps not just Ronaldo coming back and, and making it look like a seamless thing for him is we saw the the positives of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting to pick the team. And then the negatives of what happens when he can no longer just get to ride on that team. Uh, I think he doesn't he doesn't make the best choices. He There's a lot of time left in that game. Mm -hmm. Why are you just automatically settling for a draw there? Uh, You're putting on a back five, putting on defenders. Uh, Look, I get it. Ronaldo is 36. I get You need to rest him for the next game. You know, I get all of that. I know he just came off of, uh, I mean, he did have a week to rest. He didn't play all three of those games for Portugal. But you still could have left him up there. He still could Easily. have been a decoy. He still could have been somebody that they have to pay attention to, right? If you have Absolutely. no one that you're paying attention to up front at all, that's going to cause danger. This uh, this puts all the pressure on your defenders. It doesn't matter how many you have out there. Because all it takes is one mistake, as we mm-hmm. saw what happened with Jesse Lingard who gets put up there. And then you, you're putting on... You're reacting too late. Why are you putting Marshall on at all at the 89th minute?
3: It, it made no you sense. Know, like no sense. That could have easily been made ten minutes earlier.
2: Yeah, I mean, not even just that. It's like don't have such an extreme reaction when young boys have been playing decently well most of the game. They did the work to, you know, tie the game. You're at one-one. You're not losing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, i mean at least give a semblance of you're still trying to go for it i get you're away i get you know the fans are are really rough out you know in and, and over there it's um they're lively and at, at completely during this but you're still you're giving it away you're get, you're basically saying all right if you can get through then, all right, you deserve it, right? That's that's not the way to play that at all.
3: No, and even with, like, all the fans and stuff, you got to think ahead because one of the main things with the Champions League group stage, this is a key tiebreaker because you know you're going to face them again. You've already gotten any sort of head-to-head or any kind of points issues. Yeah, that goal matters tremendously. I'm not saying... You know, young boys are really going to challenge, but the way things are, you never know. You want to try to bank the easier results. And this was, at least for United, an easier
2: result. They threw it away. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Atalanta and, and Villarreal drew 2-2. I mean, that could easily have been you as well. And, you know you're talking about a different uh, a different table to start out and mm-hmm. i get it it's early but this is two points that you're dropping i mean you're, you're dropping everything you're dropping all three points here same thing that happened last year with Besiktas. um it doesn't look it, it's not a great look right now
3: no uh, not at all. That.
2: and that's this is one of the problems that you know we've seen and, and uh, you could look at the at ronaldo's face Uh, at the end, he, he was very, very frustrated. Um, look, his goal wasn't anything, uh, super, uh, you know, anything you want to just like go put on a poster or anything, but it was a goal. Nonetheless, he put Mm -hmm. his team ahead. He did what he's supposed to do. Um, he had the other shot on goal for God's sake. So like the team again, just stopped. Really trying to go for it at all, which I, again I get it. You're away from home against uh, a young boys team that has been coming at you, but Soulscar needs to learn from this, and it feels like sometimes he he doesn't. He keeps making some of the same mistakes over and over, and in these you know European nights, you only have so many of them that you can take those opportunities.
3: Exactly. With this and with the group stage, you only get six chances. That's it. You can't throw away
2: any of them. No, definitely can't. And they learned uh they will have to deal with that uh going forward. And of course, you know, they'll have a game on the weekend as well. But obviously, again, just to to round this out, Ronaldo mm-hmm. definitely has uh, that team looking different and even eating differently, Eric, uh, (laughs) because apparently none of the team wants to eat dessert now after they eat with Ronaldo there because he does not eat dessert at all. So, I mean, uh, can you blame them? I've seen
3: all kinds of videos. We saw what happened at the Euros with him and the whole thing with water. Training regimens where it's all kinds of not only just work, protein very careful about what he eats and all this stuff i wouldn't want to eat dessert around him knowing that he would just come in and just stand there and stare at me for five minutes
2: (laughs) i'd be like i'm good i'm 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 all right (laughs) yeah uh definitely an intimidating uh thing to worry about there (laughs) for sure so uh eric i mean what is your headline as well, we
3: talked about, you know, we're coming off of the international break, a little bit of a rough one for the U.S. Couple key injuries, but there was some hopefully good news at the very least about Christian Pulisic. He had that injury in the last match against uh, Honduras, but while it's bad, It's not entirely terrible. Thomas Tuchel from Chelsea coming out and saying, it's not pretty, but we're hoping it's only 10 days. He'll miss a couple of matches with Chelsea, but should be back at it. But it's going to make for some interesting timing how much that he's going to be able to try to get back in form because the next break in October is right around the corner.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's been a concern as well. You know, Gio is going to miss... A couple of weeks already. He's going to miss a couple of Dortmund games. He missed the one on the weekend, obviously. Uh, Is he going to be available uh, for those games? Uh, You know, Weston McKinney did play after all of the controversy. Uh, So that's positive for him, even though he didn't have the greatest of games at all. Uh, So, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting who is available for the United States. And even if Christian Pulisic only misses 10 days... Are you still calling him in and hoping that he plays at least one of the three? Or are you letting him rest, uh, for that time? I mean, we got to remember, Pulisic has, it's a different, uh, situation than McKinney and Giorena and some of these other guys, uh, have at their clubs. You know, people, he can't, he, he's starting mm-hmm. right for young boys. Uh, Brandon Arison is starting for Salzburg, uh, who should have, uh, beat Sevilla today, uh, how you have three penalties and make one in the first half uh, beyond me there. That's <laughs> like the gods are trying to give you the game and you yeah. didn't want to take that at all. But going off topic here, it's like Pulisic is the one that has a stacked team with stacked players in front of him playing his same position. And he has got to fight not only – to, to just get in the team, not just mm-hmm. to get fit, but to get in the team in general, uh, you know, Mason Mount, it's Kovacic now, uh, it's, I'm forget uh, Havertz. I mean, there's probably others that I can't think of right now that are all playing around the same position that he has to figure out how to make that team and, and make that squad regularly, let alone like maybe one game out of the ones that he's going to be able to play before that October. Uh, window comes around I mean if he's not playing at all or he's really not fully fit I mean maybe you call him in for morale purposes but you know I think you definitely have to that has to be a concern for uh, Greg Berhalter
1: yeah
3: absolutely Mm -hmm. and if I'm Berhalter I'm thinking long and hard and I would hope he's planning right now saying "All right, we have the worst case scenario he's not going to be available how am I going to structure this team for these three matches? Because the more and more the time goes, and this is if all things are utopian, you know, if there's any kind of even a minor setback, we hope there isn't. But if there is, that's even more of a burden on him, more time, more time to try to get fit in the team. And then all of a sudden he can't be available. So what do you do?
2: Yeah, it is certainly a concern, but he did have the positives of being able to see what that team looks like
1: mm-hmm. and then
2: had that big come from behind win against Zonduras. Um So definitely I think that is something that he can look at and say, okay, we played without those three guys, which you still don't know what you're going to do with Weston McKinney when it comes to the national team, even if he does play with Juventus, which Juventus really doesn't have a lot of options at this point, Um that they're almost paying him – because they have to, right? Um So, mm-hmm. and, and you're having to rotate the squad a little bit because of the Champions League game that they uh handily won today. Uh So, you know, and Di looked good as well, which we haven't been seeing that from him in a while, at least for Juventus. And, uh, you know, Morata scored again. So that's also positive for them. But yeah, I, I think for Pulisic, it's good that he's only missing 10 days, but we'll have to see what that actually means. As far as being fit, actually being completely back from COVID, being back to himself, and then also getting to be in the team before you get to that October window, uh, for sure. So, I mean, I think we, you know, I covered kind of what I've watched uh, this week. Unfortunately, I really did plan to watch the FC Dallas game, which now I definitely have to go back and (laughs) at least watch highlights or something, because that was a thriller. That I uh, apparently missed. I'll talk more about that in the supporters' club. But um, I really only got to watch the uh, the Man United game. and Then I've watched highlights of, of other games uh, in general. I will say, uh, Lukaku, man, he is he is something else. Uh, Men amongst boys, obviously. Mim setting him up nicely, very much like Lingard uh, for that for one of the goals uh, helps a lot. But, I mean, he, he was the lone scorer for Chelsea as well in Champions League. That guy just has come back with a fury and keeps uh, doing amazing things um, for that team. And, I mean, that's a testament to him, honestly. Of he's wanted to prove that he can do well in that league, and he's doing that uh, very yeah. much so. It, he He's wanted to prove
3: himself that he can do well, plus he's got a team and he feels like he is... Loved and wanted at Chelsea, and when you have a player like Lukaku, who you show him, you're appreciating him. You're making him a centerpiece. This is the damage that he can do for you. So, yeah, everybody else also better be on notice.
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, that's that's one that I think uh, you, you've got to watch because he's very much like Ronaldo. That dude is scoring goals, and as long as he's doing that, and Chelsea. Uh, can keep everything else going around them. That's that's going to be a team you don't want to mess with um, at all uh, going forward. So definitely need to keep a watch on that. And I did watch some of the uh, Real Madrid game as well. Getting to have a Camavinga come in and score basically on your on your coming in and like five minutes later scoring, uh, <laughs> taking advantage of Modric trying to do everything by himself and. Getting a rebound there. That's, Hey, that's all you need to ask for. Benzema, man. That dude also another one that just can't stop scoring. Uh, he looked tremendous for France in that sec, in that last game. And then he carried that over for Real Madrid, a hat trick there. And that dude is just very much, very many times he was the unsung hero for Real Madrid. And he keeps proving that you can talk about star here, star here. That team doesn't go anywhere without Benzema. No,
3: he, he's he been the engine for a long time. And that's why, even with all the big names that have come and gone, he's the main reason why they're still really one of the classes of La Liga.
2: Out and out. Yeah, I'm going to talk about a big class of only one of my teams uh, when we talk about the Supporters Club for next week. That's going to be one. I've got circled that I make sure (laughs) I am going to watch one way or the other before we get to this show again next week. Eric, what uh, have you watched?
3: Well, in the midst of all of my other stuff that I've also been covering, taking care of everything I was going through, and you know I'm a sucker for a good World Cup. We'll be talking about that later on. So I was going around, and I was like, hey, wait a minute. You... You've got the futsal World Cup. Hang on. Let me go ahead and take a look at this for a bit. So it's like, huh. It was a Kazakhstan, Costa Rica. Granted, it wasn't entirely competitive in the second half. Kazakhstan yeah. wound up winning 6-1. But I'm like, okay. I'm I'm glad to see that this is back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so I mean, for for someone that doesn't necessarily uh always watch uh Futsal, or or really even know a lot of what futsal is. Explain that for So the pitch indoors, a little bit
3: bigger than your traditional basketball court. Five aside, four field players and a keeper, two halves, twenty minutes stop time. And for those who and I've mentioned this here in the States, if you've ever if you've ever watched the major indoor soccer league it's very similar to that except it's more of like a traditional soccer and basketball style rather than the hockey element but very entertaining very quick pace yet you still have some of those physical moments like you see in the outdoor game very entertaining overall if you've got say a spare hour hour and a half if there's a match on, especially with the Futsal World Cup in Lithuania going on now, or you see with full matches online, give it a watch.
2: All right, well, I would definitely have to uh, uh, check that out for sure. Uh, you know, and, and at least be able to talk to you about what's what's <laughs> happening uh, with the uh, with the Futsal uh, World Cup there. You know, Eric did. I mean, he's not joking. We talked already about the the beat Soccer World Cup. <laughs> there you know we we talked about that uh, so you know i'm sure we'll be talking about other uh world cups as they they happen or <laughs> but um yeah i mean since we're already on that subject we talked about the world cup uh becoming a biannual thing possibly and that means every 2 years uh, instead of being the current format which is every 4 years uh, on the last regular show, the last Tuesday show, um, which again, hopefully you have been joining us for all of those. And if you have, uh, really appreciate that. Again, note that we are, we're not live on Twitch, uh, currently and probably won't be for, uh, the foreseeable future as this is the thing sometimes we, being part of a network. Uh, we do have other shows that, do get recorded as well, and uh, you know one of our other uh, big shows on the in the entertainment side gets recorded at the same time as we do, and uh, they go live on Twitch. We're live on the Facebook page, and then you can go uh, watch on Twitch um, later on demand as well as on YouTube. And then, of course, you can listen on wherever we do have uh, podcasts. So, you know, definitely. Always check us out and I appreciate that. But if you if you didn't listen last week, both Eric and I talked about how we didn't really think it was the greatest. It wasn't the, the best idea, uh, especially for the men. Um, and quite frankly, I, I want to apologize because we didn't really talk about what that means for the women. So I think before we talk about the, I guess, current situation with the men's side, I think we definitely need to give the women a fair a fair shot here. And discuss what this means for them uh obviously we have also talked about in the previous uh not the last show but the show before that that CONCAF has created a women's gold cup or is is in the process of creating a women's gold cup and also sort of like a women's uh nations league or women's uh qualifying uh structure that's more of a actual qualifying structure uh for the especially for the United States women and and some of the other, and Canada that will now have to actually go through that. Um, So that being said, one tournament is, 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 is great and all, but that's usually something that happens, you know, during the summer when you don't have the world cup and, and the world cup qualifying is what it is. You always have to go through that, but having something where you don't have a lot of fixtures, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the NWSL, doesn't have this gigantic amount of teams like MLS does. So even though their season does have quite a few games, we're not talking about the length of a season of say a European season or uh, or anything like that. So they don't play that many games. They play a lot of friendlies still for the women's national team. They have the the double with Paraguay uh, coming up pretty quickly here in a couple of days. Uh, that being said, but a lot of them don't necessarily mean a whole lot, right? So having two a World Cup every two years for the women maybe makes more sense. I mean, it can.
3: Now, obviously, especially for CONCACAF in particular, how they have their cycle set up, combining between the W Championship, Women's Gold Cup, and how they are focusing on the World Cup and Olympic qualifying, They would have to obviously redo that from scratch if you have something biennial. But if they can incorporate both of those, I think it would be very helpful. Now, you're still going to run into the issue with the Olympics because while for the men, the Olympics are a U23 tournament, for the women, it's always been full senior international. So there would have to be Discussions with that, how to fit that in the international calendar as well. But if they can get those and still keep the world cup on maybe odd numbered years, like they have it, it would be great for the women's game because you would have many more meaningful fixtures. Yes, you would require, just like with the men, twice as many European championships. You would maybe have to redo the schedule there. Of course, with the something like with South America, they're like a Copa America Femenina, things like that, you would have to redo. But With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky
1: just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky.
0: It's
3: easier, and especially for programs we even discovered at the last World Cup, Chile, they went two whole years without a match. So, if you have something meaningful and especially local, that would be great for teams like Chile to help continue their development and maybe become one of those South American powerhouses and show themselves up on the world stage. So, while it's less work to be done, I think it's definitely something that, if done right, can be extremely beneficial.
2: Yeah, but I, I think that's the thing is we can, the difference in the men's game and the women's game is, and I'm going to talk about the equal pay situation as far as mm-hmm. my topic, is still a, we can, we can, we can broach that subject with the men, with the United States, mm-hmm. because the women have been, and Canada is perhaps, the only other team that can say that that have been so much better than the men that you can really have that conversation. Absolutely. But in almost every single other country, the men are have, you know, when you talk about all of the other countries that have made big moves at the women's world cups, uh, Japan is perhaps the only other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from Canada and the U.S., that the women have done a lot better than the men. But when you look at Brazil, yep, you know Argentina, Mexico, Germany, uh, England, France, you can I, I can keep going. What is your first thought? What the men have done? Yep, right. I mean, they may have these players that you know by name, like a Marta, or. I really can't think of the one of the German players at this moment, but they have some very well known players. Um Les Omer for France. I mean, so it's a huge gulf in when you get into country by country, how much they care about the Copa América femenina. Mm-hmm. The the UA, the women's Champions League in Europe gets a lot of attention. And whatever, but again, the gulf in how much that's cared about between the men and the women is... Even the fact that
3: they've just recently started to adopt similar formats in tournaments with men's and women's champions league.
2: It's very much like the, uh, you know, ESPN tries their hardest to make the men and women's college basketball seem equally important. Mm Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter how much they really try to make the women's college basketball a big deal. It pales. It still pales in comparison, to. And it doesn't matter how many times Connecticut goes undefeated or Stanford goes undefeated or how many other you know teams have these magical runs. Baylor in Tennessee back in the day. It's not anything like the March Madness for the men. No. Or whatever. And so, like... We could say that it interrupts this. And, yes, the Olympics is important, right? The Olympics is the other tournament that the women do care more about because they get to field na- full national team. So they will have to figure out how to make qualifying work. But, again, FIFA doesn't give two craps about what the Olympics have to do. They don't nope. care about you know, whether the Olympics get what they want or whatever. They don't even have to release players for the Olympics if they don't want to. No, they don't. So that tells you exactly how, what they think about the Olympics. So for them, the Olympics is their competition, honestly. So that's another reason why they're, they have this attitude towards them. So the women stand a chance of actually that really benefiting them from TV rights to marketing to it really does allow for if you have more world cups, more nations will care about it. Mm hmm. More nations will start trying to develop more into the women's side of the game, I feel like, because they have a chance to make it right. They just uh updated the team, the amount of teams to 32. Yep. So now you're getting 32 teams in. So you're automatically going to get more teams in than you did in the past. Mm-hmm. But again, you have the chance of more countries starting to develop women's. League, maybe not women's leagues, but at least women's national teams to get on that stage, and that's something that you may not see if it only you know you're only having an Asian femenina cup or a Copa América femenina or whatever, you know. Yeah,
3: and, and with it's something like that, you even have the more continents investing and in caring about this competition more because even with now with the next women's World Cup in Australia, New Zealand. They're already amped up for that. But Australia's had another one of those powerhouse women's teams, led Mm -hmm. by Sam Kerr, who's done better than the men. But that's just another one of those exceptions. Plus, you really want to make football a global game. We talked about how FIFA isn't going to touch certain countries and continents on the men's side. But if you have more World Cups for the women, you can explore those places more. Have those like more opportunities for hosting tournaments, and then you get more development, starting with the women's game, and then potentially feeding into maybe a better development for the men's game as well. But you accomplish a much greater purpose.
2: Yeah, and I, and hopefully also that means that the prize money for the women continues to go up as well, because right mm-hmm. now the gulf between the men and women's prize teams is absolutely ridiculous. You know, and, I, and that's why I, I do understand the the fight for equal pay between the women and the men's uh, national teams especially in the u.s where again the women have been the dominant team Mm -hmm. in the region for so many years and the men have failed to qualify they have they have years where they don't really do anything yeah Uh, they can win gold cups and all that kind of stuff but when it comes to the big stage they have many more World Cups where they have absolutely faltered Yeah, and when, when they have accomplished something.
3: And I mean, just like this comparison, going back to 1990, because the first FIFA Women's World Cup was in 91. Since 1990, women's team, four World Cup titles, <laughs> never finished worse than third. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, for the U.S., three and out in the group stage, round of 16 three out again quarter finals three and out round of 16 round of 16
2: didn't qualify yeah and that's the lasting stage you have the women won the world cup <laughs> and the men didn't even freaking qualify nope so i'm like they have that case to make for the equal pay uh but i to me, when I look at this and, and the part of this equal pay argument now is that they're both going through collective bargaining
1: mm-hmm.
2: with U.S. Soccer Federation. The men are very close to uh, going ahead and making theirs official, but the U.S. Soccer Federation has now kind of come out and said, oh, well, you know that big golf and FIFA prize money that, that exists? Right, where FIFA has uh, proposed awarding 440 million in prize money to teams to take part in the men's 2022 World Cup, up from the 400 million in 2018. So, even though the US did not go to the 2018 World Cup, right, so from 2014, mm-hmm. I guess, where it would have still been somewhere in the range of 360 something, right, probably, right, whereas the women only earned a paltry. 38, I mean, millions here. It's not paltry for, you know, us, (laughs) but for them, it's 38 million in 2019. It's going to go up to 60 uh, million in 2023. That is a huge gulf in pay. Yeah. Cause I mean,
3: when you're looking at it, the entire prize pool of the last women's world cup, France made more than that by themselves winning in 2018 and by a margin of almost $10
2: million. So it's humongous. Yeah, it's huge. And, but do you think this is really the right way to go about it? To just say, Hey, you men, women, y'all figure it out. Right? Like, you. Doesn't that mm-hmm. seem weird? You're the governing body. Mm-hmm. Like shouldn't you make a decision one way or the other? Shouldn't you side with one or the other here? Yeah. Instead of saying, Well, y'all figure it out. We're not gonna enter into a collective bargain agreement with either one of you unless there is uh especially because there's twenty eight players on the US women's national team involved in a lawsuit against us for gender discrimination. hmm Uh, you know, we're not going to do that unless we take the important stuff of equalizing people will cut prize money. Well, so you're basically telling the men to take a huge pay cut to equalize it with the women instead of just paying the women more on your end. can completely agreed. And they,
3: I get, they have no control over FIFA, how to get their money. It's a huge, big revenue thing. I get that from a business standpoint. But at the same time, you're not FIFA. You can arrange all these things within the U.S. and working better with CONCACAF, and you can decide your individual particular players, what they make, how they do it, and you can figure it out from there. Kicking the can and saying, Oh, well, this stuff is above our pay grade and yada, yada. That makes no sense. That's a terrible argument. And this is just going to make U.S. soccer look worse.
2: Yeah. I mean, the men have not commented on this at all. Uh, Becca Rue, who represents the uh, U.S. Women's National Team Player Association, said it's simply false that a past negotiations of the Federation offered the Women's National Team the exact same contract as the men and that if the ussf was serious about equal pay they would not engage in publicity stunts which falls short of addressing our issues yeah because this is what this is Mm -hmm. right it's well let's see if the men will just do it right if they'll just be like all right well we really want equal pay for the women so here we'll just let y'all have half the money right right, that's Number one, it's probably not going to happen. Whether no. you want the equal pay or not, I mean, this is not, uh, the way to handle this. Yes, you don't control people's bonus money, but it's almost like you're saying, "Well, men, y'all need to, y'all need to show that y'all really do care," uh, because we can't make a decision. We can't just decide to pay them more, the women more. You guys got to just kind of, y'all got to deal with it and 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 cover the bill, basically. And it's like. Hey, it's not their fault that this goal in pay exists, right? It's not their fault that these contracts exist, right? It's, they are not to blame for this. Really, it's U.S. soccer that Mm -hmm. needs to step up here and make a statement, right? They really do. Maybe you can't do equal pay right now. Maybe that's what it is, Eric. Maybe it's just not viable at this moment, but you could certainly say, well, we're going to take that step and pay them yeah and and if it's not viable
3: fine give us reasons why legitimate reasons and give a time frame to where it can be because if you at least have something concrete and don't randomly spout off something or keep kicking the can kicking the can you give yourself some sort of power to work with in these lawsuits but if you're going to throw away any sort of leverage for the sake of stupidity, Sorry, you're going to get hammered in more ways than one.
2: Yeah, and it will be interesting now when uh, the next cycle of MLS rights come up, Mm -hmm. because the U.S. national team, men and women's rights have been decoupled from that. So they are available individually, or I don't know if they're available as a package, but they're available separately from MLS. So. The games can now be purchased by a Fox, an ESPN, uh Paramount Plus, CBS, NBC, or whoever, uh, separately from whoever decides to get the MLS back. Yep. And unfortunately, probably what's going to happen again is I wouldn't be surprised that the men and women are together anyway. Mm-hmm. How do you di- divide up that women revenue stream? You know, how do you divide that up? How do you divide all these other things up? Maybe you need to start looking at how that is divided in the future, instead of just saying it's all based on this prize money. We got to figure out and just just give it away. And That is something U.S. Soccer needs to address in all the in these collective bargaining agreements, and really get. I mean, they made steps and provided, you know, a lot of things for the women that weren't there previously or weren't as well you know thought out pre- for the women you know they they gave them a uh, more guaranteed money whereas the men are paid on like a revenue scale mm-hmm. uh, you know the the women have uh, like 401ks and other things in their contracts that Maybe perhaps they're not in the men's. You know, they have severance, they have injury pay, they have pregnancy leave, um, you know, maternity leave, uh, pay uh, if you you're also playing the in NWSL. Yep. Uh, you know, healthcare benefits. I mean, they got a lot in that last CBA as well. But again, all that stuff's great, but the money is still a big issue, and it really US is. Soccer needs to do something.
3: It, it it really is. I hope they find a way to sit down, do the math, do the right thing. But I don't know. It,
2: yeah, it, but but just more leaving more it definitely. to the representatives on both the women and men's side is not no, not no. the way to do it. It's like oh well, all right, we're not going to actually take the position. This is your job. Do it. All right. If you got to mm-hmm. face the tough question, get too bad. That. That's it's part right. and parcel. So I mean, U.S. Soccer Federation, as you guys would say on the kickoff, right? Get it together, get it together. So,
3: look at you was giving the old call back. I'm liking that.
2: <laughs> so let's go on with um, how we usually end the show here. Our supporters' club. What, how are things looking on on your end?
3: Uh, I I mean. DC United, it was another one of those kind of like lackluster moments. Fell behind, gave up a first half goal. Were able to get a good draw out of it. 1-1, so not terribly bad. And then Orlando City, I guess the buzz saw that is Atlanta United has returned. Yeah. We went that head-on, came up a, a little bit worse for wear with a 3-0 loss, but... I want to be mad, but given the state of Atlanta United, I really can't pull still our position in the Eastern Conference, so it, it's one of those things to where could it have been better absolutely, but
2: ah, uh, we can bounce back, yeah, seeing what Eric is referring to here uh or you know New England is basically taking the supporter shield and running away with it. At this point, and they really honestly just cannot put a step wrong because when they do, they just seem to to have a have find a way out of it. But this was a huge win for Atlanta United because now they're within a point of that seventh spot and two points from the sixth and fifth spot. So I mean, Atlanta United could come roaring back here and start marching their way up the table if they can continue to get uh, this run of form going that they have uh, ever since they changed and uh, got rid of Hanset as their manager. And, and now they're with Gonzalo uh, uh, Pineda. They have just continued to just do what they do. And DC United is kind of holding on there uh, for yeah. dear life. They're already battling with Inter-Miami, Philadelphia, and Montreal and Columbus. As well, they had the the defending champs. We're not just talking about Atlanta here. This is Columbus is also involved in this. It's a one, two, three, four, five. It's six teams fighting for three spots. It's not a uh, very easy and and New York could also get pulled into this too if they if they don't start pulling away. Um, so, you know, yeah, the East right now is a
3: total mess and. For all the news that MLS is doing, scheduling a playoff game on Thanksgiving Day, you wonder now who's going to be in some of those playoff games.
2: Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, it's not like we don't have other sports on Thanksgiving Day here. I mean, you know, (laughs) the the other football is also a Thanksgiving Day tradition at this point. I mean sometimes you have basketball you know yeah mm-hmm. uh, basketball on Christmas I mean for God's sake <laughs> so I mean like it's not it's not out of the realm here that you can have a playoff game on Thanksgiving but it's just weird the way that you know MLS uh, does this and the fact that the entire season now has to go all the way deep into well not deep but into the early part of November. Um, says a lot there and I mean if they keep adding teams or when more teams appear this is just going to be a bigger problem uh, for them but uh, you know they will have to figure that out as uh, things keep going but yeah it's interesting uh, times on that front for for both Orlando and DC of course we talked about Manchester United on both of our ends so don't need to mention them again uh, really here, but uh, I will talk about my MLS team here, FC Dallas, who rescued a point uh, twice here and and keeping pace with like that bottom tier there of teams fighting uh, for these spots uh, to make the playoffs. Uh, you really would have liked to see Dallas at least win one of those two games, but having tough draws against. For Salt Lake and then San Jose, I mean, I guess you didn't lose, so that's a positive. But Pepe Ricardo Pepe did score in one of those, and Dallas coming back and tying the game twice, I think, says a lot um, for, against the NYCFC. Uh, so that's a one that you know Dallas could have thought they could have had, but you definitely have some teams that have been struggling in the West, and mm-hmm. if Dallas keeps. Out the pace, I mean, they're not very far off at all from a seventh and sixth, and even fifth with Portland. I mean, <coughs> excuse me, Seattle sporting Colorado kind of had themselves in a special tier, and then first, second, and third, and Galaxy is kind of in between that. But then when you go from Portland, who's in fifth, all the way to LAFC, who's in eighth. There's not a lot between any of those teams. We could definitely see a lot of changes by the time we get to no. it. Yeah, that is November. a very tight chase pack
3: out west. I got a bit of faith in Dallas. You never know. I think they're one of those teams again. They could sneak right in.
2: Yeah, certainly. I When I look at the European teams, though, I I got lucky again that all the European teams, barring the United result today, um looked really good on the weekend. I mean, uh mm-hmm. Dortmund did their thing. Dortmund did the thing that they do, which is be uh be down three different times against Leverkusen and then somehow come up with a four three win. That's <laughs> that's Dortmund. I've said it a million times, they have defensive <laughs> problems and they keep showing it, but when you have Erling Holland who just keeps scoring goals, that helps you a ton there. And uh, that header that he got for the first goal was absolutely uh, fantastic um, as well. America keeps winning. Of course, they're playing like the bottom tier of uh, Liga Américas, so it helps when you're playing Mataslan, But you can only play the teams that are in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be interesting what happens with League's Cup when they play um, Philadelphia again. But you would think that they would, you know, move on uh, Seattle and Leon. That officially finished already today? I uh, to should that. have been. Well I'll uh check on it here in a little bit, but that's that's one to watch because it's the only uh MLS team left. They and it wouldn't be an all um all US yeah. or all yep. Seattle
3: and Santos Laguna in the league's cup or Santos
2: Laguna, yes, right. Yep, still scoreless. Still scoreless, okay. Is that a second leg, or is that the first leg? Oh, with the League's Cup, it's one-off. It's one-off? Okay.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. And I know with the CONCACAF Champions League, they were talking about some of the coverage with, as you were saying, with Philadelphia Union, and, oh, the Mexican block.
2: I'm still a bit worried. Well, but the Philadelphia Union one, I thought that was a second leg. Yeah, that is
3: that one's the second leg in CONCACAF. Champions
2: League. Okay, that's from... Wait, wait, there's two competitions? I'm confused now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, lord. I thought they had renamed the comic Champions League League's Cup. No, that's... Okay.
3: Yeah, think of the League's Cup as, like, the Europa League, kind of, in Europe, because... And we'll be getting to this later as the time approaches... When the CONCACAF Champions League revamps in 2023, where the format's going to be entirely different, not only will the League's Cup commit to expanding to 16 teams and it's being selected by those who don't qualify between MLS and Liga MX for the CONCACAF Champions League, that's like, all right, well, these next eight teams of each league, you're going to play in the League's Cup. And there's going to be so many League's Cup spots for the new CONCACAF Champions League. And remind me to go over that whole thing because, again,
2: it's. Well, definitely that needs to be one perfect. for next week because. Yes. With definitely. these games happening, I think we definitely need to mm-hmm. um, we need to get to that. But just to refresh, I guess it's Club America playing Philadelphia, which America already has a 2 0 lead. Uh, they are going into Philadelphia. Tomorrow, but that's not really saying much. And then Cruz Azul, who hasn't looked like Cruz Azul at all, is playing Monterrey, uh, in the second leg of their thing. And on the next day on Thursday. So we'll get to the, I guess they'll get to that. And yeah, I mean, going beyond that, uh, Marseille wins again, uh, defeating Monaco, who have really not looked themselves lately. Totally positive for me on uh, Marseille getting to keep pace in the in the table in the league there, uh, with PSG getting to put themselves up out front on that. But I'm glad to see that Marseille is hanging on with uh, Bamba Dieng scoring both those goals. But for me, I think the one that stands out on my uh, for my teams is outside of you know Milan continuing to be undefeated. Valencia is in in right there with Real Madrid in the table and second. I think Real Madrid's in first due to goals scored, but they're level on everything else, and Real Madrid and Valencia play this week. So Yeah, and that that game that's is gonna, gonna be, be the one
3: with the rules in La Liga with that kind of magic point head to head tiebreaker. That's gonna be one to watch.
2: Yeah, I mean, they walked, also soon went up 1-0, and then Valencia just let them have it after that. Guedes had a fantastic performance, uh, scoring one that was deflected, but was still a, a heck of a goal, and then just not slamming one in there. Uh, Adelante had a header, like, this game was absolutely fun to watch if you're a Valencia fan, so I enjoyed the heck of it. Um, this game with uh, Real Madrid is gonna be, uh, certainly one uh, to watch this weekend when you talk about games to watch this weekend that is going to be dude one that you got to check out uh for sure of course Dortmund still got to play uh their championship game against Besiktas uh tomorrow um uh, Milan also has that big game with Liverpool tomorrow so that's going to be uh fun to watch getting to you know relive that fantastic uh Affair there. Marseille has a Europa League game. America, of course, has that Concap Champions League game. So midweek action and then, of course, weekend action for all of these, uh, for these, for these squads too. So fun things ahead as the soccer world goes back to the club game after having that long international break. That's going to do it for us here on Soccer to the Max this week. Hopefully you have enjoyed, um, our, uh, you enjoyed our coverage of the three U.S. men's national team games. I still don't know what's going to happen with the product y game with the women's national team because that game is happening very early. I was fortunate enough to where the games were happening as I was getting off work for the men, and then Sunday I just happened to get off work really early on Sundays. A game being completely finished by the time I get off work and then having to make Eric wait until one o'clock in the morning for me to finish watching the game, uh, is kinda mean <laughs> to say <laughs> the least. So I don't know if maybe we'll just we won't do it right after the game, we'll just do it another another day or um, I just don't wanna you know, not give equal Shrift to the women, oh, but yeah. I will say that it's different to be at the beginning of everything because you just finished the Olympics, so you're at the beginning of everything for the women, whereas mm-hmm. the men are doing World Cup qualifying for the 2022, 2022 World Cup. Different thing there if we're talking about the women World Cup qualifying, women uh, Olympic qualifying, you know, that kind of thing, uh, women's World Cup, women's Olympics, or or even those tournaments that they would, um, you know, come up with the she believes or, or whatever. I think that's a different thing than, but this is just a random friendly, uh, you know, that they're doing. So I don't know. Well, Eric and I will just uh, talk about it. And, but we probably definitely will not be doing it Thursday after the game is over. It will probably, I would say even if it's not Saturday sometime, maybe Sunday when I get off work my cover. That's doable. But,
3: we can work it out.
2: Yeah, we can work it out off air. But thank you for listening, for watching. Uh, we really appreciate it. You can listen to us on anywhere there are podcasts, whether that's Overcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever you like to listen to your podcasts on. Uh, We have that available for you. Make sure you go check that WTMnet.com. Go check the WTM network for you know, the kickoff that Eric does where they talk about the American football, uh, my video games to the max uh, that I do as well, talking about video games is on there. So you definitely should check out that. Uh, Mark Reilich and the whole crew doing all the entertainment stuff. Um, that is there for you. They have everything from comics to movies to TV shows. Um, you definitely should uh, be checking out what they do there. So subscribe to 2 Network and get everything we do. And then, of course, um, you know you can check us out here On the YouTube on Twitch on the Facebook Page and soon we will have A Discord as well so you can, We're working uh, on soon. it we're working On it <laughs> yes we're working on it soon we, You will be able to converse with us And with hopefully with other uh, Fans of the Shows as well uh, on, on that front so Well until Next time folks we'll see Y'all later
1: Peace